1: You have accessed entry 1363.jb2602. Certificate number 30080. The underarm bowling incident. Are you really serious? Have you you can sit there and say that you had a legitimate alternative? <laughs>
0: I like that it has incident in the name.
1: Incident. Because it really
0: gives it a kind of a geopolitical quality.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that it has underarm in it, a word we don't say often enough.
0: Only if Native is sponsoring the show. <laughs> is uh, it, It's a sports story, which kind of makes the incident sound very funny. But, yeah. you know, to, to the guys who call into sports talk radio all day, nothing's more important than, than the details of sports. So, well, of course, you can't have incidents and crises and ultimatums and, uh, supremacies and whatever else in sports.
1: In the United States, we are so insular and so, uh, you know, chauvinistic about sport. We don't really engage in sport on the national stage. We have our sports. We think of when we call them world sports, but nobody else plays football and, uh, and we barely play soccer. And I say that acknowledging that soccer is amazing and that we totally play soccer but when you think about soccer or uh or cricket on the global stage they really are incidents i mean they're they they like the, the, yeah international incidents yeah countries like there can go be to war there can be a another.
0: war over a soccer match yeah. yeah is uh do you feel like you we we think that for some reason in this country we feel like our sports are I guess this is Emersonian. They're muscular and uh, Mm. and and Emersonian in some way, and we make fun of cricket or squash or you know whatever the. British sports in particular seem funny to us.
1: It's extremely hard for me to understand cricket. And I say that as someone who, for 30 years, has kind of tried to understand cricket. I'm in the same boat. But they do all feel like prep school sports, right?
0: That's one problem. Cricket is the upper class sport. And so is polo.
1: And, uh, you know, rugby feels like a thing that big prep school kids play. Like they don't, they don't. and And even though the stars are from Tonga. Uh, or New Zealand, they still feel preppy. We got out in time
0: as a colony. Uh, Australia got out so late that they are still, they were colonized by cricket. Yeah. And there, it's just a backyard sport that, that you know, kids run around and play. And that's not true in the UK, where you need to have, you know, a big grass field and you need to go to the right school and you need to pay the dues for the right club and then you can be on a cricket team. But... um you is know, there a wor- working class kids grew up kicking a soccer ball around?
1: It's really the soccer ball that's the working class sport because also crew is really big in the UK. I mean, it feels like badminton. I, I like we had we turned the corner when we had um field hockey or what's it called? With the lacrosse? Lacrosse. That, the, oh, which that, was a Native American I sport. See. But
0: and somehow wait, that's funny. That became our insufferable upper class, um, maybe creepy, rapey frat guy sport.
1: Yeah, right. It's all, lacrosse only happens on the East Coast and it only happens with people that drive old Porsches.
0: But it was the Iroquois. Right. That that should be our most woke sport. It should,
1: but (laughs) I don't. It's it's being Have you ever known a lacrosse player? I have not. I I, I
0: travel in the wrong circles. Yeah, I think I met a couple at a frat one time. I think my Ivy League friends all know lacrosse people. I'm sure some of them are lovely. I don't know
1: if they do. I mean, my Ivy League friends all, uh, you know, had pocket protectors. I don't think any of them knew any lacrosse players. But
0: cricket is a problem, not just because of its, it seems a little bit, um, you know, because it's a upper class gentleman sport, there seems to be something a little bit, it's, it's in the same way that Monty Python would tweak upper class twits. Right. It seems like it's of that milieu, right? Where it's something to be, it's something silly and, uh, Unimportant, But as it, as it spread to countries, the other countries that play cricket, which are not many, but it's all the, rema- the remains and- of the empire. Pakistan, the West Indies, Australia, New Zealand. And Aust- Australia, as I say, it's, it's more, much more of a common man sport. Everybody grows up playing it as kids.
1: I know the stars are all from India and Pakistan. It's an international sport. Yes. I- I'm going to just come right out and say it is incomprehensible.
0: I am going to try to understand cricket a bit just so you can understand the stakes and the events. Aren't the, the games events.
1: like 20 hours long?
0: Sometimes they're five days long. <laughs> it's called a test match. Okay. Just, and they're, they're very upfront about the fact that we are going to test your patience. I, I, I assume it's to test the stamina of the athletes. But on some level, it's testing the patience of the spectators as well. But yes, to understand the events of this uh, cricketing world incident, probably the most infamous one in the history of world cricket from early 1981, you do have to understand the sport of cricket. And it's not a sport that's ever caught on in the U.S.
1: No. Even, I don't I don't i've never I've never seen. I see more bulls being played than cricket.
0: if you go around, you know, Seattle is a, is a city, insufferable city that really embraced soccer because it felt like a hipster thing. you know yeah, that there would be
1: um a liberal hipster
0: a, a British accented uh, stadium announcer and uh, meat pies would be for sale
1: that and whole like go right. thing which is like what are you doing that's and, not how we talk and
0: you could say side instead of team and right. match instead of game and supporter instead of fan you know you, you you could learn this whole new rarefied lingo and create a little a, a little space for yourself that separates you from the dopes cheering for the Seahawks.
1: Our team is part owned by Drew Carey uh, of the television show, what, Malcolm in the Middle or something? Where? Yes,
0: Drew Carey, the star of Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> Weirdly, Malcolm was the star of the Drew Carey show.
1: But um, uh, it has it, it's given some shape to the Seattle-Portland rivalry, because even though Portland is basically just a suburb of Seattle. Their their soccer team can compete with ours and yes. and beat us. And, not that often. We, right. ha-
0: we have a better team.
1: But it's, you know, it is a thing where they can march around with waving their scarves. And, and
0: that really is a mark against sports, I think, that you can create a weird kind of regional antipathy just by putting out some press releases, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> All these people in Seattle that do not care about Portland soccer are being told, yeah. dislike Portland a little more.
1: Well, you know Seattle is also the world headquarters of like uh Frisbee Ultimate and Frisbee golf like all of the big big stars all come from Seattle parks baby basically we
0: have a bunch of frisbee golf courses. I've seen rugby being played in local parks.
1: I played rugby in college.
0: I know that your sports are skiing and rugby and I'm not sure yeah. if you're gonna be any help today in a in a in a more uh in a, in a different kind of sports. I mean, on skiing
1: is comprehensible. You start at the top and you go to the bottom and you try to avoid crashing. Uh, rugby, as I've said before, I played for two years. I have no idea how that sport is played. They, <laughs> they put me in and they said, you know, actually, don't you go after the ball because you're not smart enough to ever touch the ball. Just stand in between the other guys and the ball. And they're going to hit you really hard. It's funny that you were
0: somebody's nephew and they were forced to put you on the team. (laughs) Yeah,
1: apparently. Well, you know, trying to fill out a rugby team, even in a in a Northwest Catholic college, uh, where you would think people would, you know, it's like, no, we need guys that weigh over two hundred pounds. They cannot afford to turn down any interest. Yeah, because they're are the small guys in rugby that run, and they have to be fast. And then there are the big guys in rugby that just have to be able to take a hit. And I was able to take a hit. Still, am.
0: I just think Seattle is due for some kind of cricket resurgence. Right. Here's a— here's, I don't, You don't feel it's lacrosse first? Here's a slight—yeah, maybe—well, except lacrosse has been tainted by the politics of it. Yeah. Good liberals won't cheer for lacrosse, but there's something kind of a feat and weird about uh, cricket where, you know, by the same token as you might see somebody wearing a monocle here— as a as a bit, <laughs> maybe you'll see somebody trying to get ten friends together and form a cricket side.
1: But why are the Indian and Pakistani and uh, New Zealand and Australian cricket players all such butch? Like sports stars, They're, they they don't seem intellectual. Oh, it, it, it's it requires real athletic ability. Cricket, it's not
0: because Does it, it? Be, well <laughs> it, because it has some of the trapping. It, it obviously more than any sport, I think it betrays its origins as a children's game. Like you're literally trying to knock over a couple of sticks with balls on them. Yeah, which which seems like a, a, a Red Rover or a Mother May I kind of a way to end a game. Yeah, and then
1: there's someone with a boat oar that's trying to hit it, and but then. They don't even run the bases. They kind of, I don't know what happened. There is running. Cricket bats are so famously an affectation
0: that it's a joke in Spinal Tap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remember Tony Hendra has the yeah, cricket bat in his office? Of course. That's that's how you know he's the band manager. Here's,
0: let me see if I can explain cricket in a, in a way that is understandable. And the, this is going to be a little tricky because I do not, in fact, understand cricket.
1: There are so many futurelings right now who are really mad because they're cricketeers. And, cricketers. Or cricketers, and we are making light of a very serious thing.
0: It's it's a legitimate sport, and it's you know it's no more weird than baseball. I've told this story before of being in a Mariners game and watching these two British people next to me who had just started at Amazon, just their jaws drop as they can't even tell who's running where and why and
1: who's on the same team as whom. When I was a kid, I used to go to baseball games, Mariners games, with my dad in the kingdom, and I didn't know what was happening. What what, what is What's the... What the hell is that
0: I learned to score the game at at the stadium and that really helped me understand the game better
1: nerd yeah
0: luckily nobody who's into baseball statistics is a nerd because it's a sport <laughs> if you're into baseball statistics you're a jock and mm-hmm. anyway I, I, sitting by these guys I you know I kind of apologized for baseball and tried to give them some pointers and they were like oh that's okay cricket's way worse yeah uh, so you know there was kind of this even a, a, amongst the British middle class there was kind of this assumption that Even cricket is this weird, rarefied thing. You have to grow up in it. Yes, and it has class, and there's class um, implications to that. Uh, But it's really not that weird. Okay. There's some differences from baseball that make it hard for American eyes to understand. So I'm going to assume that some of our listeners are more familiar with baseball than cricket, because baseball, probably because of that George Will book, will be the sport of the distant future.
1: Yeah, because baseball, Americans of of all the sports that we play, baseball is regarded as the intellectual haven. If you're a smarty pants, you are you are supposed to enjoy baseball because it's all about statistics and strategy that isn't apparent. Beautiful geometries. Yes, uh, it, and maybe it's just because it's
0: less. There's less physicality. There's less bumping and bruising, and therefore, to to a delicate little flower like George Will with his bow tie, this is more of his of his level of comfort with viscerality. You know? George,
1: George Will, a famous conservative columnist who was, in my opinion, wrong 89% of the time, but then like,
0: he... Is, is the other 11% takes on on uh, 80s baseball? Yeah, then then he... he... The other 11% is takes on Mike Schmidt?
1: He got this whole thing where he was like a man of the people because he loved baseball. I mean, in every other respect, he was so not a man of the people.
0: In so far as there is an American class divide over, over major sports, not things like... Lacrosse or, or even swimming and diving that require the kind of infrastructure that we no longer put at certain places in our cities. Right, uh, there is kind of this sense that baseball
1: is the the well-to-do sport that you need to be in a grassy suburb to play. What's weird about it is that we think of baseball as like, oh, they're not, you know, they don't have to be as physical as football players, but and even Ichiro who looks like a small man on the baseball pitch. Has the most finely tuned
0: body of anyone on earth.
1: And he's super tall and big, you know, like I've seen Ichiro and he is not a small dude. He is a big, strong man. And, you know, ev- evidenced by the fact that he can throw a baseball from yes, and, far left field. And you
0: look at what he can do and you no longer think, oh, baseball is the sport for weenies.
1: Um he can throw a ball 400 yards to, directly to a person. And
0: yet, why were we unable, if, if baseball is so superior, why were we unable to, you know, we had to literally occupy Japan, quasi-occupy Korea, and then, you know, essentially culturally occupy
1: Cuba, Cuba and, and the Dominican Republic. Honduras, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and that's as far as we got with our sphere of influence, whereas—
1: No one plays it in
0: Africa. Yeah, Britain has, has had—even though we are the definition of cultural coolness, and all our celebrities are on ads in— Foreign climes wearing Yankees jerseys.
1: Yeah, take that world.
0: Uh, nobody wants to play baseball, and yet Britain did terrible things in in Pakistan and everywhere. Jamaica and everywhere. And those people just happily line up to play cricket.
1: Well, I just can't. I can't. Uh, I can't account for it.
0: Maybe it's because the uniforms look really good in a tropical climate. White white uniforms on on sun kissed skin over Bermuda grass. Mm-hmm. A cricket pitch is a big oval.
1: Okay. That was not apparent to me. It's a big oval.
0: Uh... All right. The, um... That's not true, actually. the, the, the f- Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm already wrong <laughs> once. The pitch is the rectangle in the
1: middle of the oval. Right. Okay. I've seen that.
0: It's a cricket ground is what you call the big oval.
1: So this is one thing that I don't understand. Even in baseball, there is one side. There is, there is forwards and backwards. Right. And and in cricket, it seems like there are just people standing all around.
0: It's radial symmetry, right? The weird thing about cricket is because the, the bat or the oar, as you put it, is curved, you can, if you so choose, hit a ball behind you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, which is in baseball is bad news. It hits a net, and uh, you might get counted a strike.
1: Right. Or uh, it's not a strike for many times after two of the strikes. Cricket is
0: less direction. Exactly. <laughs> See, baseball is so easy. Cricket is less directional. Cricket has, at either end of the pitch, there is a wicket and a batsman. There are always two batsmen at once, one getting bowled at left to right, the other getting bowled at right to left. What? What? There are two you, we, batsmen at once? And this will blow anybody's mind who watches baseball because nope. you assume that one person bats at once. Where's the other batsman? He's at the other end of the pitch waiting at the other wicket for someone to bowl to him. When, what? When the batsman that is getting bowled to... Yeah, okay.
1: a, a bowl
0: similar to a pitch, but it's generally a... Uh, it, it it almost always hits the ground before the, the, the wicket. Okay. Which in baseball is bad if he, your pitch hits the <laughs> ground before the plate. It is. You can bounce it? You 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 almost always the bowler almost always bounces the ball.
1: I mean, I have to say that trickier to hit the physicality of the of the bowling, the throwing of that ball. Those are amazing wind ups. I mean, you you really do feel like those. The pitcher has to be strong. Yes. And also there's a lot of technique in that. And it's
0: throw. not that different, I'm sure, than a uh, someone in the Commonwealth watching an, a, a fastball pitcher in the States play baseball. Right. And just looking at the weird thing it does to their arm.
1: Yeah. Um, and the fact that the ball is, I mean, there's a speed gun on it and it's going 100 miles an hour.
0: Yes. And cricket's the same way. the the, the quality of the ball, the trickiness of the ball, is just essential to the game. Hmm. Because
1: oh, it's like spin and whatnot. Sure. Okay.
0: Um, because the batsman can hit the ball in any direction. When the batsman makes contact, he can choose to run—a choice a base runner does not have in baseball.
1: Okay. If he
0: has hit it sufficiently well that he can, that he thinks he can run to the other side of the pitch, he and the other batsman switch places.
1: Why would the other batsman move if he was running at them? It- do, do, does the other batsman have to? The other
0: batsman will take his cue from the uh, from the bat. The, yeah, from the batsman currently batting
1: because he knows that if he gets the, the two batsmen can't be in the same place at the same time.
0: Yes, that's the. Okay, it's, it's like a, a poly exclusion principle. It's, okay, it's like it. nuclear physics. So they they continue to switch places and they get a run every time they switch places. And this a run, hap- okay. And this happens a lot because, as I said, games can be like five days long. Games are two. Uh, Innings, each side comes up once.
1: Oh, uh, are both the batsmen on the same team? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I understand. So
0: one team has the a bowler bowling to one of the batsmen, and then the other ten players. Or sorry, and then one player who's essentially a catcher, a wicket keeper standing behind the batsman. Yeah. So analogous to the the battery of a pitcher and a catcher in baseball. Then the other nine players in the field at you know opportune intervals, but in a full circle surrounding. The pitch, because the ball, again, could be hit in any direction.
1: Right. Theater in the round. Yes, it's theater in the round. And so the catcher is trying to keep the ball from knocking over the pegs? The wicket keeper, yes. And are the pegs behind well, him? Well, no, he
0: he he wants them to be
1: knocked down, actually. The catcher does.
0: The wicket keeper, yes. The batsman, if, if they're knocked down, that's one way in which a batsman can be uh, put out.
1: Oh, And so then a the, new batsman has to come up. I see. The batsman's trying to keep the ball from hitting the wickets. That's why yes. he's batting.
0: The way he can be caught out is if- um, is if he, uh, you know, if a fly ball is caught, basically, do they say fly ball? I'm not sure. Oh, all God. the all the lingo is different. Like you don't take a swing; you take a stroke, for example. Right, and, and that's f-
1: fly ball is called. That's a where the
0: expression "different strokes" comes from.
1: Is it really? Yeah, I believe so. And a fly ball is called a birdie, or a or a or a bat, a, a googly or moogly, or, a, moogly yeah, or a googly something. Moogly. So the pitcher is not only trying to. N- Throw a pitch that the batsman cannot hit, but also aiming the pitch at the wicket. Yes, he's trying to get it past the batsman. In in,
0: in ba- baseball, all you would do is get it past the batter, and the catcher would catch it. And that's if it's a good pitch, it's a strike. So the batsman, but here you're literally trying to knock over right. the wicket of, of these balanced
1: sticks and balls. And the batsman could just stand in front of the ball, except the wicket is basically at crotch height. So if he just stood in front of the ball, it would it would hurt him. So he's trying to bat to protect his. Family jewels.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> the two balls sitting on top of the wickets symbolize the testicles of the batsman.
1: There are two balls on top of the wickets? Yes. You didn't mention that before.
0: Uh, it's why it seems like a children's game played in the woods. And that's probably where it originated. This is It's a circle because it was played in a clearing in the woods in, you know, 7th century Wessex or something. And for some reason, it's still being played on at, at fancy Preparatory schools today. It's the,
1: it's the story about rugby where they were playing soccer and then one of the kids just picked up the ball and ran and
0: yeah they were playing baseball and uh-huh. then a cricket <laughs> a cricket started chirping <laughs> chirp chirp chirp,
1: chirp. Uh, okay th- so are, I get it so far
0: baseball game has nine innings in cricket there's only two innings but an inning is not three outs it's every batsman coming up once and they get to bowl or they get, they get to bat for as long as they can as, so it's not unusual for scores in cricket to be like you know five hundred to four eighty or
1: something and how many times can they get the wicket knocked over before they're out? Just once?
0: Yeah, if the wicket's knocked over by the bold ball, you're you're
1: out. But until it's knocked over, you can just keep whacking it and running back and forth.
0: Well you shouldn't be whacking it because you're probably on TV.
1: You could just be you could be batting it. You could just be stroking. So you could That's be stroking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that this episode is going in this direction. And you can just keep running. Back if, and forth and back and forth. If you whack the ball and it is caught. Is that the same as the wicket getting hit?
0: Yeah, if it's caught in the air, that's another way to put out. That's a, batsman
1: a way out. to get out. Yeah. But if you hit the ball and don't run, if you decide, like, mm, I can't make it, that's no strike against yes, you. Yes, but you
0: don't get a run because right. you have not changed places with the other batsmen.
1: But you could conceivably hit these grounders. Right to somebody and not score a run but not get out and just sit there and do that all afternoon.
0: That seems right to you. So in, in in an innings, your whole your whole side comes up to, to Did bat. you just say an innings? Yes, it's not one inning, it's an innings. It's like Ken just to be Jennings. More annoying. Yeah, exactly. I'm a singular. It could have been Ken Jennings. The cricket an innings is divided into an innings. Into uh overs. They're they're a division of the innings is divided into overs and an Over is when a bowler delivers six um, balls from the same side of the pitch to to the batsman on that side. And then at that point, after that over, a different bowler comes in and delivers six balls to the batsman on the other side.
1: Oh, so the batsman on the other side is just standing there. He's not getting bowled All he's doing
0: is exchanging bases until the other batsman's over ends— I see. And he
1: becomes the one. Why is to he get necessary to be out there doing that?
0: Well, he's going to exchange places with the.
1: But why couldn't he just sit on the bench and do that? I mean, he's exchanging places, but what does that do? It's He's not scoring two runs. He's just standing out there. He's like an understudy who's just sort of like running around, getting tired. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's for decoration. I see. Okay. All right. You you want it to be like a ghost base runner like when you're a kid and there's not enough guys to play baseball. Well, at first it
1: at first it sounded like um the two bowlers and or the two batters were on opposite sides of the field, but there were two bowlers and they would oh, no. they, they would pitch back and forth. No.
0: They the a new bowler comes in. Oh. After 6 balls so does that to mean pitch to the other guy.
1: Does that mean every I keep player, saying pitch, but you don't say pitch, you say bowl. You say bowl. Does that mean every player on the cricket team gets a chance to be the bowler? So uh, they all have to be able to do this? There is some strategy
0: to that. You can alt you can swap in a new bowler um at every time, but you don't
1: have to. Oh, it can just be the same bowler. He can turn around and
0: No, the what the next over it can't be the previous guy. But when it comes back to the other side, you can leave in the bowler that was bowling to that batsman two overs ago. Or you can decide oh. to put in a new bowler.
1: Oh, I see. So you do have good bowlers and bad.
0: Yes. Does- and there, and there's some strategy and sometimes there's limits as to um how many different batsmen a bowler can can face.
1: But everybody has to be a batsman once.
0: Yeah. And, and in an innings, everybody bats. Okay. On your side. Not so bad. No, right? okay.
1: I'm with you so far.
0: Okay. And there are some implications to this uh, you know one is that games can be very long they have a pre you know in a test match it's a predetermined look we're gonna go five days and then this ends. so there is essentially a clock.
1: We're gonna go five days, but what if everybody hasn't bowled or what if everybody bowled two times?
0: I think it I think it gets cut off.
1: Oh so it's it's capped at five days but it doesn't have to go to five days.
0: Yes, okay. and I think maybe innings uh, innings repeat until the five
1: days are. So there, there could be there could be a five day test match where only one batter ever gets up, and they just bat, he just bats for five straight days.
0: Uh, I believe that is true.
1: That's cool. You
0: you yeah you play and those longer ones are four
1: innings, not two. Oh, okay. So but, everybody gets up twice,
0: and I think once everybody gets up, I I, I think it's um. It may be four innings in the sense that everybody gets up four times, but in any case, you can end early if 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 you know the innings end on the you know, on an earlier day.
1: So it could be that a four-day test match or a five-day test match only lasts an hour because everybody gets up and their first pop fly gets caught and they're done, and then the same thing happens on the other side and the game is over.
0: Yeah, it's normally gonna be a wicket's getting knocked over. That's when you're bowled out, it's that's that's by far the most common situation.
1: It's it's more common that the that the wicket get knocked over than that a ball be caught. Yes. Do they have gloves
0: to catch the balls? The wicket keeper has a leather um the fielders do not. I think only the wicket keeper, you know, the equivalent of our catcher.
1: So this ball uh, is coming at you and you've got just bare hands. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. That does seem
0: hard. He, the wicket wears one on both hands because he's essentially a goalie, right? In addition to being
1: a a catcher, but he wants it to knock over the wicket.
0: Oh, that's true. The bats—you're right. I said that wrong. The batsman is both a batter and a goalie. Yeah, he's trying to defend the wicket. Right. His his um defend the wicket. His time at bat depends on that wicket staying upright.
1: All right. So he's less interested in hitting the ball.
0: So even though he's the offensive player making runs, in a way he's, you know, he's he's also like a defensive goalie trying to trying to just scatter balls so right. that they do not bounce into the wicket.
1: So he does want to hit it because he wants to score a run. He doesn't want to just ground it out at his feet. Yeah. But at the same time, if he doesn't make a run but does protect the wicket, He still has succeeded at his job.
0: And, you know, cricket having a history that's centuries long uh, has an interesting uh, bearing on our particular program today
1: because— Thank you for listening to Two Sightless Men Describe an Elephant, by the way.
0: (laughs) We're going to get more correspondence on this episode than any other. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are just 20— things I got wrong, and a hundred fringe cases I didn't mention.
1: Right. And I, and I sound like I'm being dismissive of cricket, which, of course, I am not. I thought you were going to say which, of course, <laughs> I am. But I said it. I said I am not in a way that communicates for sure I am.
0: Uh, as part of the, um, you know, in much the same way that football, American gridiron football changed over the years with innovations like the forward pass— and the helmet. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, cricket has also changed the rules over the, year, over the years in, in ways in which um, kind of innovative new ideas have advanced the game. And one of those was the idea that you would pitch overhand. In, mm. in the past, all cricket bowling was done underarm underhanded.
1: And by in the past you mean, I mean from the 7th century to the present?
0: I mean centuries ago. I mean uh yeah like in the in the 18th century for example mm-hmm. uh, all cricket balls were bowled underarm. Mm-hmm. And the overarm era did not begin until the mid 19th century. Mm-hmm. And there were still underarm bowlers, you know, for years thereafter even though, you know, it's kind of the equivalent of somebody in baseball that still throws um, you know, knuckleball or some really weird uh, kind of underhanded delivery.
1: But this is still before the invention of baseball.
0: That's ex- yeah, that's that's pretty close. Um, nobody, nobody actually really tried lob bowling much after the earliest decades of the twentieth century. Underarm bowling had has been extinct for a century, and it's been an oddity for for almost two centuries. Um, but. In February 1981, in Melbourne, Australia, the greatest controversy in world cricketing history occurred. Oh, okay. When Australia was facing New Zealand in the World Cup or the World Series of cricket. And it's called the World Series Cup, but it's, you know, even by baseball standards, it's a pretty ludicrous World Series. It's, it's,
1: it's like the America's Cup in sailing.
0: There actually is a international cricketing championship. This is not that. It was. It's called the World Series Cup, just because you know it was a, you know, as a as a way to dress up a three team tournament where Australia um, plays against India and New Zealand.
1: I see. Um, so it's it's just three teams.
0: Yes, and Australia and New Zealand are in the finals. Boy, what a bummer! There's only if you're india i know there's only three teams in this world series and you're good work you guys you get uh, eliminated <laughs> um it's a best of 5 final which means it's not a test match there's five one day international cricket matches oh the one day international is a is a, a single day style and rule set of a cricket match um and the games have been played all over australia which is the host country that year perth brisbane adelaide this particular one is on the melbourne cricket ground Okay, and uh, at the at the climactic end of the game, with everything on the line, there's only one ball of the final over.
1: It's a tie
0: game. It is not a tie, but it's extremely close. Uh, New uh, Australia had a great innings in its last time at bat, but uh, you know with a big lead. But New Zealand had successfully chased back. And now we're within six runs oh boy. of a tie game. Oh boy!
1: And seven runs of a New Zealand victory.
0: Yes, and the six is very—the fact that it's six runs—is very important here because in cricket you are awarded, kind of in the manner of a home run in baseball, you're awarded four runs for a ball that lands in the cricket grounds and then bounces over the rope before a fielder can get to it. Oh. So if a ball exits the grounds, that's four runs, and if a ball makes it into the past the rope without bouncing a home that's run in baseball. That's
1: six, six runs. Oh, he's one home run away. Yes. He's
0: it's, it's the equivalent of uh sumo. Yes. The, the, the tying run at the plate where right. a, a, a walk-off home run. Well, not, not a walk-off because in this case it'll tie it up, but you know, this is a big deal. And the other batsman, uh Brian McKechnie is, has actually scored a century, which means he has in his uh time at bat, he is, scored over 100
1: runs in that innings, which is something you can do in cricket. You can just keep running back and forth. It's a thing you can do so much that it's a, there's a name for it. Yes, a
0: century is 100 runs. Is there a
1: millennium? I don't think a no millennium. No one's ever achieved it. I don't
0: think a millennium has ever happened. Let's find out. What do you think the record is? Uh, is there a bicentennial? <laughs> would they call it a bicentennial?
1: If you can score 100 runs, you can score 200 runs.
0: In one day, international cricket. Okay, I'm mystified by all these scores. Yeah. Most centuries, most 50s, fastest 50s. You know, you, how many balls did you have to face to get 50 runs? Mm-hmm. Most sixes in an inning, most fours in an inning. Wow. Owen Morgan has hit 17 sixes in an inning. That's like hitting 17 home runs in a single he inning. He
1: was really on.
0: He did that last summer against Afghanistan.
1: Oh, that's new. Okay.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, Afghanistan has just been ravaged by... So many invasions that it's got to be hard to field a good cricket team. I think the record I'm looking for here is highest individual scores. And in One Day International Cricket, the record is 264, Rohit Sharma of India in 2014. 264, all right. Two and a half centuries, that's what I call it.
1: Yeah, two and a half centuries. Well, what's a 50 called? Just a A, a 50,
0: 50 is called a 50, yes. Okay. And apparently... I mean, there's, there's only been about—it looks like there's been less than a dozen 200s. Oh, yeah, there's been 10 200s in the history
1: of one-day international cricket. Oh, wow. Cricket. Okay, so statistics are also important in cricket as they are in baseball.
0: It's the same thing. Like, there's—that's uh, a lot of the fun of the game is how much fun it is to drill down into these very— because there's innings divided into overs, um, it's fun to drill down statistically.
1: Has there been a, a, a recent sort of sabermetrics transformation of, of cricket?
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: I'm, where instead of the big star, they're going for the, the you know, the down in the dirt player.
0: I would be skeptical because, um, well, I'm just reading a thing saying that the actually statistical analysis of cricket is pretty basic. So no. But also the fact that tradition is so important to the sport as we'll see, People trying to find weird ways to game the game of cricket are, is not received well.
1: Oh, because there's honor and there, there's all that class honor. It's a sport of gentlemen. I see.
0: Which comes into play, again, Melbourne Cricket Ground. Also weirdly true of baseball. Yes. Uh, you see this in baseball. Well, I mean, what's a good example? Yeah, earlier this season, somebody uh, somebody tried to bunt to break up a no-hitter.
1: Right, that's completely un- unprofessional.
0: And it really annoyed me because I think it was a 1-0 no-hitter. Like his job is to get on base because yeah, his right. team can still win. They're they're if he can get on base they are a stroke of the bat away from the lead. Right. Uh so there's nothing unsportsmanlike about that, but you had a lot of tisking mm. and booing because it's simply not done my my good boy.
1: Yeah, at a certain point the no-hitter becomes the thing everybody's rooting for even if you hate the team and the, and the pitcher. Ken, I know that you care about what you put into your armpits. It's probably my number one concern. But you know, big deodorant doesn't care what you put into your armpits. They'll put any old thing in there. They'll
0: put a ton of chemicals in. They'll put aluminum into your armpits if you're not careful.
1: But Native, uh, a new deodorant company, has a different way.
0: They use ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. It's almost everything is vegan. They don't test on animals. That's
1: right. They don't use aluminum. They don't use gross, uh, ground-up monkey brains. Whatever
0: your beef is with deodorant, and look, everybody listening to this is sure to have a long list of beefs with with deodorant. Mm -hmm. Native has something for you. If you have baking soda sensitivities, they've got a line of sensitive deodorants. If you're worried about plastics in the environment, and really we all should be, they have plastic-free deodorants.
1: Unscented ones, which is kind of what I would like. I don't like wearing scents. I don't want to smell like deodorant. Well, no, and deodorant scents are some of the worst scents. It doesn't even make sense. But if you subscribe
0: to Native, you'll never have to worry about any of these problems, and you'll never run out of deodorant again.
1: That's right. Make the switch to Native today by going to Native do. that's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O dot com slash Omnibus and use the promo code Omnibus at checkout to get 20% off your first order. 20%? Wow. That's nativedeo.com
0: slash Omnibus or use promo code Omnibus at checkout. 20% off your first order. So imagine the situation here on Melbourne Cricket Ground. Just there's one ball left of the last over of the match. So, uh. Uh, the batsman, uh, Brian McKechnie. I think I actually said McKechnie was the other batsman. But that's not true. He's the one that faces the pitch. It's Bruce Edgar, who was on the non-striker's end of the pitch, and he was at 102. So he had he'd had a great innings.
1: Yes, he'd uh, made a century.
0: Just just barely. Brian McKechnie is going to receive the last ball, and if he can hit. Uh, a six. In other words, if he he can hit it beyond the rope, he can hit it out of the grounds. He's the last batter. He has tied it up. Yes. And I'm actually not clear on what would happen here because uh, the series is tied one to one. Australia has a a win. New Zealand has a, a match. If he had hit that and tied it up, would it be a draw? In most cases, in most kinds of cricket, I would say yes. Because this is a best of five series, there may have been some kind of tiebreaker provision in the rules. I don't know.
1: You're saying if he'd hit the six and then immediately been uh, out on the next pitch.
0: Well, no, there will be no more pitch. There's only six pitches in an overs, a six pitch. Wait, is that true? Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is a change in one day international cricket, which I think is a concession to the patience of the viewer. It's, it's, you know, just in the last few decades. These one day international rules have come about.
1: Now this is confusing and to me because of course there's no other version of baseball. Right? We don't like play four inning baseball sometimes.
0: There's softball. You know, you might have a you might have a city league with um with a skunk rule or you know, uh, games over or the ten run lead or something.
1: But I'm right that the New Zealand team will play like five-day test cricket and also one-day international. Yeah, the same
0: team will play different matches by different rules, and you have to know what the rules are of the tournament as you're going in. And one of the the adaptations of one-day cricket is that um, each of the innings has a set maximum number of overs. I see, okay. So you know that this is the last ball of the match. Okay. Uh,
1: Oh, the last ball. So he can tie it up or lose it, but... Those are the options. He can't... There's no way for him to score more than six points. I guess he could
0: hit it so... Let's see. Can you hit it so well that he could make seven runs on the same ball? It seems unlikely.
1: And have it not go out yeah. of the circle? There would have to be like a lot of forced errors.
0: Seems unlikely. Anyway. And and uh, the uh, Australian side has done its math wrong. What? It, its captain, Greg Chappell has tried to count on his because because of those rules about when you can put in a new bowler, you know, you want to end the game with your best bowler facing the last batsman because in this one-day rules you know what the last over is going to be. And he has done his sums wrong, and so he has not put up his strongest bowler. Instead, his brother Trevor Chapel is delivering the last ball.
1: <laughs> and, and there are referees in stripy hats and seersucker suits who are who are sitting behind a folding table monitoring all this.
0: Yeah, umpires. And there's a very funny thing about umpires in... Ca- in uh, they're called umpires. They're called umpires. And there's a funny thing in cricket where you actually... A, a runner is not out just because, for example, a ball has been caught. You actually have to ask the umpire, hey, did I get him out? And the umpire has to agree. Yep, you sure got him out.
1: Do they raise up a flag on the
0: yard arm or something? You say, how's that, basically.
1: And what? It, how often would an umpire say, nah... <laughs> <laughs> You'd really wonder, right? <laughs>
0: it seems like a formality at yeah, that point. Okay, But, you know, just like the vice president uh, certifying election results, you know, it seems like a formality. And that's kind of what happens here with the formality of the
1: overarm bowl. Uh, We're still living in a world where all pitches have been underarm. Uh, have been overarm. Oh, ha- since the mid-19th century. They've all been thrown well, overhand.
0: Except for a few, there were some lob pitchers into the early 20th century. Okay. But yes, it's been 60 or 70 years since there was a, a, a great lob bowler in cricket. And yet, Greg Chapel goes up to his brother Trevor, about to deliver the last ball, and says, uh, how are you bowling your underarms? And mm-hmm. Trevor, you know, shocked by such a personal question. Well, I mean, he he really is shocked. He he says, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know.
1: A, uh, and did he mean, how are your underarm pitches? Yes. And he wasn't talking about his physiology. No. And why would anyone practice an underarm pitch?
0: That's the thing. He's like, do you think you could deliver a legal underarm pitch, even though this is n- not really part of the game? And his brother shrugs, and the captain says, well, you're going to find out, aren't you? So he instructs him. Why to- is he talking like he's from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> he instructs him to bowl the ball underarm. Now, this is not illegal. Oh. In some tournaments, it would be. Some tournaments have a specific rule saying no underarm bowling. That's old-timey. But the uh, Benson and Hedges uh, (laughs) World Series Cup, (laughs) then the sponsor, uh, has no such rule. So it's perfectly legal what is about to happen. Can you imagine an underarm pitch in professional baseball? Uh, Yeah, it would be a home run every time. (laughs) (laughs) It would be like in the fourteenth inning where some position player has to come out and try to pitch. That's what that's what you'd get. And so when the the, the to this day, this is a, a very dark moment in the history of cricket. And to this day, when the Chapel brothers are asked about this, they 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 tend to avoid the subject or avoid interviews. But often they will phrase the they will frame it as just complete contrition. Hard to explain what they were thinking, and they'll often talk about you know just on that fateful day. You, you don't understand how. Um, how just oppressive the heat was, in the cauldron of the oh. Mel- Melbourne Cricket Grounds. This isn't a thing they're smug about. No, they are uh, they are a national embarrassment, international embarrassment. They are exhausted. They were frustrated. Um, they protest too much. They had recently lost another World Series game on a on a late six to tie. Um, they they weren't uh, familiar with this new format of one day international. They they were they were discombobulated.
1: I should say for the futurelings that Ken's brow is furrowed in concern, <laughs> and so is mine.
0: It is just funny to hear them talk about how just what kinds of uh, uh, constraints or uh, hardships they would have to undergo to have made the terrible choice they did to try a perfectly legal cricket strategy, which is to bowl the last ball underhanded, which is exactly what Trevor Chappell does. He, he notifies the umpires. This Beforehand, is Beforehand. Yes. This is a sporting thing because the comment I've watched, if you watch like the commentators know. Yes. Yes. I see the umpires have been notified that he is going to bowl underarm.
1: but the batter doesn't know.
0: I think the batter, the batter has heard
1: the batter also well. knows. Yes. So here it comes.
0: Yes. And in, so this under the, the fact is the underarm, uh, uh ball will come so slowly and bounce so slowly that there's he has no chance to hit it out of the grounds so he uh, kind of he kind of um
1: oh it's like a it's like a cheapo pitch yes uh you know it's not
0: that different from you know to a baseball fan it's not that different from
1: throwing I mean, outside
0: sure yeah yeah throwing or uh, an intentional walk to a strong batter to bring up a weaker one
1: yeah right um it's not people boo it but it's the home,
0: the home team boos you know the the other team boos it because they think oh you're scared of us you're not we're not getting a chance to sh- to show a great play but nobody says the rules should not allow this or in fact the rules do not allow this
1: were the were the commentators at the time already expressing that it was scandalous before the pitch yes
0: they are they have never seen anything so awful uh they they cannot even the even the Australian announcers right. um, are are just scandalized by what is about to be done to cricket. Because it's unsports. It's going to assure the win. Yeah. Which it's, is it, what you want. It's legal according to the rules. Yeah. And this is something, I think it's a big gap between American sport and international sport where there's kind of an assumption in every major American team sport that the team will do what it takes and the referees are going to make some calls and the referees are going to miss some calls, but there's nothing scandalous about trying to do something legal but untraditional. In fact, there's something kind of innovative and fun about watching a team try a weird trick play in football as time expires.
1: Like football, the 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 last goal of the game if you're at you know, if you're at 4 and fourth down at the end of the game, you want to pull a trick. And think about the missing baseball trick.
0: Sure. The hidden ball trick. People love that kind of thing. Oh, it's hilarious
1: because the runner thinks one person's got the ball and he's pretending to have the ball in his mitt and then somebody else actually has it. And
0: To me, this seems more analogous to uh, somebody running a prevent defense at the end of a football game. And What does that mean? Just, you know, you allow for short yardage gains, but you don't, um, you know, you, you place your defender such that a, uh, you know, a long pass that would change the outcome of the game is, is unlikely. Yeah, okay. Uh, and it's, it seems like pretty analogous to what's happening here and nobody, you know, it's kind of wa- accepted widely that of course you would do that to do anything else would be silly, but because there's no such tradition in international sports and you know what you see it in, in soccer too, you see it in association football. There was a, I remember about a decade ago, the uh, France eliminated Ireland in a world cup match or maybe, uh, yeah, eliminated them either from the next round of the cup or maybe it was a qualifying round. I can't remember. Um, on, I think, a late goal where uh, it turned out in the replay, you could see Terry Henry touching the ball with his hand twice.
1: And, as a player, not as a goalie. Right.
0: He was not allowed to do so. But there was no call. And people didn't just, you know, in the U.S., if that had happened, people would talk about the bad call or the bad no call. Yeah, um, the referees missed the pass interference. Or, and, and, you know, there would be some decorum about, uh, you know, you wouldn't accuse the referee by name of anything.
1: But we have instant replay now that kind of changed the game too, but the coach would have to protest.
0: And this was the – soccer had no instant replay at the time. In fact, this was the play that led to serious discussion of instant replay in soccer because from above, you could clearly see, yeah, the guy touched the ball twice. But the response was not just what a terrible no call. It was what a terrible thing that
1: Terry Henry had done to soccer. Was it an accidental touch, or was he trying to do some kind of
0: thing? No, I think I think it was clear that he didn't care much, and if he didn't get caught, he was going to do it. Wow. But that's kind of the unspoken agreement in American sports. I mean, there's an exception for when
1: uh, it might harm another player. But basketball, they're, they're fouling and traveling all the time.
0: Yeah, you're traveling as much. You know, when a basketball player takes a fourth step and thinks he can get away with it because the referee didn't see the little stutter, um, nobody says, what lack of respect for the game. Right. If anything, they say, hey, the refs need to start calling that tighter, and that's what the league says. But in, in uh, international sport, there's this real sense that it's ungentlemanly right. to take advantage of, uh, of, of these subtleties of the rules. Right. Um, and
1: because it, they come from
0: a code of chivalry
1: that never existed in the United and States.
0: It's especially, and I think that's what it is. And it's especially true in cricket, which did come from uh, you know, an upper-class game played by gentlemen. And that's what happens when this becomes an international incident. You know, the the prime minister of New Zealand says, "Well, that was an act of cowardice."
1: So he throws it underhand, and it does he hit the does the batter hit the ball? The batter kind of
0: tosses his, um, uh, uh, he kind of throws the, 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 the he, he has to blo- all he can do is block it because it's kind of yeah um, dribbling dribbling into him. He blocks it, which is all he can do. You know, tosses the bat away and disgust and stalks off the field, never having. Imagine such an insult could happen, oh so in international it's a, a personal
1: insult, and he is visibly contemptuous of it, yes, and everybody is
0: i mean wow. i mean it's 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 being played in Australia, so nobody's throwing things, but um you know in the days that come, even the Australian Prime minister has to say how regrettable it was, and you know contrary to the traditions of the game, you know, nobody stands by right. the chapel brothers, and the it's the New Zealand Prime minister who you know kind of takes us to the level of an international incident by saying. This is an act of cowardice. It was appropriate that Australia was wearing yellow that day because they happened to be wearing these very 70s kind of um, yellow and green kind of disco jumpsuit looking things, which are fantastic polyester creations.
1: Uh, Those are strong words.
0: Yes. And he goes on to say, it is the most disgusting incident I can recall in the history of cricket, uh, which used to be a game of (gasps) gentlemen.
1: Oh, so it's the end of an era too. He's
0: explicitly saying, uh, you know, this used to be a game where people wouldn't take take advantage of the rules. And this is just mind boggling to me as an American.
1: Because, and it's the older brother who's responsible, the captain of the team. Yeah. He told his
0: younger brother right. because he had screwed up and put in a weaker bowler.
1: Right.
0: Uh, he didn't want to take any chances. And, you know, and again, in the years to come, he has to say, Oh boy, boy, I really I screwed really up guys. It, it was just such a hot day and such a, we had played so many games in such a short span in that trying time. And I just, Lost he, my mind. He, it's like a rock star having to apologize for, uh, 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 you know, Pinching a stewardess's bottom, or throwing a cup of yogurt, yeah, or saying something awful on the stage, or something. Yeah, boy, I was just exhaustion, and uh, yeah, right. I immediately checked myself into a program for self care. And but, but the thing he's apologizing for is doing something legal that won the game.
1: Wow, an
0: an important game. Yeah, it it would have put them up two to one in a in a World Series game, and no no American team would have had compunction in a similar.
1: You know, what, what's interesting is in the, in the administration just prior to the one we're now living in, uh, the presidential administration here in the United States, we were first introduced to the idea of how much American politics was governed by gentlemen's agreements. This is a game of gentlemen.
0: Yeah. And as long as everyone acts well and in the traditions of their
1: predecessors— Right, things seem to work okay. Do presidents reveal their tax returns? Of course. Do presidents not profit from the presidency? Do they not keep their hotels in Washington D.C.? Do they divest themselves of things that might be a a conflict of interest? Of course.
0: Even things as foundational to government as whether you can just have somebody serve for years in an acting position um, rather than trying to get them confirmed to that position.
1: Yeah, right. Or do do you do you follow protocol and and try and get, you know, try and—if uh, a president nominates a Supreme Court justice, is there not some protocol that we that we do that in a timely fashion? Right. And so all of that was such a shock to us because I don't think we understood that there weren't any rules, that it was all just like handshakes.
0: And is it wrong that my response is, well, that just means the rule should be written better? Uh, it seems like relying on the, the lack of imagination or the goodwill of hypothetical people— is always a terrible idea.
1: Well, it is, except you want to think that the office is lofty and that that you would only elect someone that was more high-minded. And that was the thing that we didn't understand, that you could even, it was even conceivable that you could elect someone who didn't believe in those traditions. But But of course, that's the world. But, you know, if
0: there are two worlds where we're used to this overly detailed kind of legalistic approach to every single every single uh, I being dotted and every single contingency being planned for. It. Right, Certainly a- it would be government rule and the official rule book of a professional sport.
1: If the if a police officer uses the wrong color pen in filling out the sure. form, the, the, the perp is exonerated. This is where you
0: see subsection two, you know, section two, subsection A, Roman numeral four, you know?
1: And so we're looking at the filibuster even now as like, wait a minute, let's rewrite this. Oh, the electoral college! Like, let's just—we need to write this down. Interesting. So, did- and, and the rules were in fact changed. Cricket said you cannot do this. Yes, going forward, it, it became
0: explicit that you know underarm bowling is is
1: out, cannot be done. Outski.
0: Right. Whereas the you know Australia had previously been operating under the Air Bud rule, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is you know nothing here says I can't bowl underarm, and I, I I'm unapologetically just baffled by the international approach to sport where, where people should not actually try legal things to win just because it seems hard to me to determine in the, in a given moment, which things are allowable and which are not. If, if you're kind of going by this unwritten law.
1: Yeah. Right. If there, if there's just a sense of this still being a contest that is in place of war, (laughs) <laughs> right, then it's being governed by rules like um that you don't dismount your horse in order to you know flay your opponent if he is a member of a noble family or something
0: right and that's the exception I would make you know if it's some pre- something where the if somebody's pushing a rule that could actually uh lead to somebody else being hurt, you know uh Bill Lambier throwing a an elbow trying to get Michael Jordan to quit driving the lane. Or uh, there's a famous case in the early '70s of a Canadian uh, hockey player double slashing a Soviet guy named uh, Karlamov and breaking his ankle,
1: Ugh.
0: and it was because he was trying to get that guy out
1: of the game. Right, or or throwing a baseball to injure a batter. Yeah,
0: throwing a baseball at a batter's head, like all that stuff for sure. And um, but the thing is, we actually have rules about that. Like when a batsman tries to, when a batter in baseball or a pitcher tries to cheat by doctoring a ball, or a team tries to steal signs. That's not just, we're not just violating some code of how gentlemen would play baseball. Those things are explicitly prohibited in the rules. Um, And luckily for the chapels, there was a worse incident in cricket um, quite recently, I think 2018 or 2019, where a a bowler did try to use adhesive tape on the ball to make the ball harder to hit. And, you know, this then became the worst incident in the history of, I think this was also Australia, but in the history of international cricket.
1: Thank goodness for the chapels, they were. Has sur- surpassed. And to me, they're heroes. I would put those guys on stamps. I am astonished more than anything that I learned about cricket from you, Ken Jennings. Who better? And that concludes the Underarm Bowling Incident. Entry 1363.jb2602, certificate number 30080 in the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely uh, event that social media still exists in your era, it's not even unlikely. In the certain event that social media does not exist in your era, uh, you can still go look at the microfiche of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can see our episodes archived at Omnibus Project. Also, Ken Jennings continues to tweet into he – t- he tweets into the twilight. Uh, I'm going to be the last man. He, he dances in the, in the face of Armageddon at Ken Jennings. Um, you can email us at the Project at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find other like-minded futurelings at uh, the Facebook and just other places, Discord and Reddit. Just a subreddit. So forth, uh, under the futurelings moniker. You can support the show at patreon.com slash omnibusproject. We are... Listener-funded, listener-supported, and our Patreon is a wonderful place at Omnibus uh, slash Omnibus Project. Also, the different tiers of your Patreon support entitle you to listen to a monthly addenda episode. Also, uh, we will send you our show notes, which are chicken scratch. Can often... Writes his show notes on the back of his electric bill, so you basically know his address.
0: I've been going through all my scratch paper and separating it into things that can be mailed to listeners <laughs> and things that not, you know, tax forms cannot, but uh, right. you may get um, a Sousa march on the back of your, if you get the uh, show notes for uh, oh last week's Memex show.
1: Oh, you have, you have a Sousa march, uh, the sheet music for it, because your one of your children is in marching band. My son's band. in marching band, yes. Uh, mine are often uh, chicken-scratched in the margins of uh, 60s Playboy centerfolds that I've ripped out uh, or, or or actually carefully removed the staples from. So you want – request one of John's. Yeah, suits, that's a little bit extra.
0: Unless one. you love uh, John Philip Sousa.
1: And uh, you can mail us. You can email us at Project at gmail.com. But you can mail us things at P.O. Box five five seven four four. Shoreline, Washington, 98155.
0: Michelle and Taylor of Oregon have sent you something, John. I just opened this.
1: Thank you, Michelle and Taylor. Um,
0: I get kind words about Jeopardy, but you actually get a physical item. They were in Vegas looking at some antique stores, and they found something that they think you were looking for. They're not sure if you already got one, and you may have two. Do you have a Shmi Skywalker action
1: figure? Oh, wow. Oh, that's going to make me very popular with my child. Because there's no female characters in Star Wars. No, and she has. And for a long time, we had a figure... That looked like Shmi, but it was actually a version of Leia from a different uh, episode. A and different then universe. my daughter discovered, in one of her Star Wars reference books, that that was not Shmi, and we were all horrified. Uh, so, so this later Leia has been playing the role of Shmi, but now she's Like is, on a soap opera. Yeah. This week, evil Shmi
0: Skywalker will be played by. <laughs> Leia Organa. It just occurred to me that Shmi is probably short for Lakshmi. Why? Because George, because Shmi. Well, Shmi is such a terrible woman's name. Well, what is Lakshmi? It's an Indian name. It's a it's Indian goddess. It's a Vishnu's consort. Oh, I had no idea. And I think because pa- Padme is also from Padma, like a um, another word from Indian from Hindu uh, I b- lore.
1: I bet you that George Lucas was reading the Kama Sutra because he had a new girlfriend, <laughs> and he was like, "I've got it. I know."
0: Shmi just sounds like uh, Captain Hook's uh, sidekick. <laughs> what if does. it's actually a name for a cool mom uh, who doesn't want Annie to pod race? She's not that cool.
1: Well, no, She's but anti-pod I mean, racing. She seems to have lived through the Clone Wars, which is more than you can say for Podman and slavery. I mean, yeah. you got to you got to cut her some slack. She kind of stays in slavery. Am I
0: wrong? Yeah, Anakin just leaves her in slavery Anakin and is never like, goes hey, back. have fun with Watto.
1: I mean, hes it's not very long after that that he could have gone back to Tatooine and released her, right? I mean, he...
0: Yeah, it's like a decade later, he's yeah. finally like, hey, I wonder what mom's up to. Yeah,
1: it never happens. Weird.
0: Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. If the worst comes soon, however, this very recording... Might be our final word, so it's a good thing we got to cricket. Yeah, here. here. If Providence allows, however, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the omnibus.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.